All right, ladies and germs, welcome to the 53rd episode of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. I am so excited for this episode because today I dove into Quora to answer the best questions I can find in the resumes and CV section. Why? Because it is so important, in fact, more important than ever to stay relevant in the job seeker world. Quora is just one of those places where I feel like it's just so updated and so modern and I feel like I am, you know, I'm in it all. You know, this these are questions that are being posted daily. So I hope you find this episode to be useful and I would highly recommend hopping on Quora and looking at some of these questions yourselves. Promise you I'm not getting paid by Quora to answer these questions. I just fervently believe in it. I was a top author on Quora for the resume section for a long period of time and I th- think I'm still top 20. So I have a lot of pride in it. And um, it's something that I um, I really believe in. Okay. Let's talk about some of the best questions that I found. And the first question that I saw here on Quora is, should your resume be only one page? My answer is actually it depends. I, I don't think that everyone everyone deserves a one page resume. And I don't think that everyone deserves a two or three page. I I do believe that the resume should be as short as possible because when you start to include fluff and irrelevant information, it's just going to turn people off like tremendously. So I recommend cutting it down as much as as much as possible. So that way you can include more value than less. So um, just to give you two other considerations, I 90% of times will have a two-page resume or less. In fact, you know, 95% of times, my resumes are going to be two pages or less when I'm writing professionally. And the second thing is that most people, and this is just by the nature of they have a crap ton of resumes to read, is most people are not going to go over that first page. It's just like if you were to go on Google right now and look something up, you know, how likely are you to go on that second page of Google to find your answer? I highly recommend actually sticking to that first page for your best content. All right. Question number two, should I use ProtonMail on my resume? Um, so ProtonMail is an email server that people actually have um, to get their emails. Um so this one's a little bit dicey. Proton Mail people like to use it because it's apparently a little bit more secure. Um, however, just know that there is a stigma for people who are not using Gmail. And I hate to say it, and maybe I'm going to bring it to your attention today, but there's a lot of people out there that are using you know, Yahoo, Hotmail, and um, it's the truth, and I hate to say it, but it's it makes you seem a little bit outdated. I'm not saying I agree with it. In fact, I think it's this goes into the stupidity of age discrimination and bias. But I recommend for some of you to actually transition over to Gmail. You know, maybe have a separate Gmail email account for your job search. That's one idea that a gentleman had, and I thought was really cool. But Proton Mail, I don't know. That's a little bit more specific, and um, I actually would recommend just sticking with Gmail. All right, number three. What are the most common mistakes made on resumes? Hmm, that's a good question because there's a lot of really bad mistakes out there. Um, Number one, I guess going back to what I said about having too much information that's irrelevant. um, So I would recommend cutting down and and seeing what is, you know, value oriented, what is not. Number two, there are a lot of really bad designs out there and people who try to take their design up to the next level. Um, Trust me, if you're applying for any position other than a design position, 
or if your company you're applying for isn't super trendy and you're trying to showcase that, I recommend sticking to the most plain, simple, conservative design possible. And that doesn't mean that you can not include formatting tools and borderlines and things like that. But the problem with all these fancy designs is, A, they're subjective. So if you have a really cool picture with a grid and one of those um, skillometers that have uh, basically a list of different skills and it says like what level you're at, that may look cool to a certain select group of people. But if you're trying to appeal to as many people as possible in your resume, then I don't recommend that because these things are very subjective and a lot of people don't like them. And thing number two is a lot of these designs actually work against you when you're applying to applicant tracking systems. So if you're submitting your resume online and you have an actual robot scanning your resume for keywords, these actual things may get in the way of your keywords getting scanned. So especially if you're applying to these applicant tracking systems, I would recommend keeping your your resume as conservative, as plain Jane, as simple as possible. Okay. Question number four, what should we write as hobbies in the resume? You know, that's a good question. And I'm going to say shame on the people that say that you should always include hobbies in your resume and also shame on the people that say you should always not include hobbies in your resume because the truth is it depends on where you're applying and it depends on the type of position that you have. So I know this doesn't answer your question, but this is probably an even bigger question that kind of lies within that. So let's say like you're a salesperson and it's really important that you have people skills and it's important that you need to be able to relate to other people. I might say that having hobbies on your resume makes a lot more sense. But let's say you are a programmer applying for programmer positions and the company you're applying for just let's just say that they seem to be pretty traditional. I wouldn't recommend including hobbies in there because it just would take up more space and detract from the other relevant things you have on your resume. Now, as far as what actual hobbies to include in the resume... I would look at what really drives you and what really drives a conversation because remember at the end of the day, these are all things that a recruiter can bring up or a hiring decision maker can bring up in a, in an interview to talk about. Uh, they may say something like, Oh, you also are into softball. I also love softball and bing, bang, boom. You have a great conversation. So don't include every hobby. Um, Try to keep your hobby section to one or two lines, you know, maximum, because when you have too much information, it's just going to take away from your professional experiences, which really should be the highlight. All right. Number five, is it okay if I use hyperlinks on my resume? That's a good question. And it is 2019 and 2020, if you're still listening to this episode in the future, I do recommend using hyperlinks in your resume because it really is a solid opportunity to include more stuff in your resume. So like I said earlier, your resume should be as short as possible, but you should leave someone curious enough to want to investigate about you further. And I think hyperlinks to things such as personal websites, to your LinkedIn page, to your portfolio, to your GitHub, I think this is an incredible opportunity to leave a little bit more information about you if somebody's curious and wants to find out more. So I recommend including things like this. And also, for example, like if you're applying for social media positions, I do recommend including like your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. People are going to want to see that kind of thing. But I also recommend including these things at the very top of your resume 
because you can keep it short. And traditionally, this is where contact information has been. So if you're going to include your LinkedIn or your personal website and it looks good, granted, it has to look good. It can't be trash. I would include, I would recommend including it at the very top of your resume. Okay, honorable mention question, and because this one always this all, this one always grabs my goat. I don't know if that's really an expression. That's it's probably something else. But this one always gets me going. It's what is the most pretentious thing you've seen on a resume? Um, I've seen a lot of pretentious resumes, but I think I think some of these answers are a lot better than what I've seen. Um, for example, number one, this person. Vicky Elia got a resume for a programmer three position and the candidate's resume said, I am the top poor grammar in the world. And Vicky says he might have been, but he was so illiterate that I was afraid he couldn't discern the numbers from the letters on the keyboard. He was declined. All right. Poor grammar. That makes sense. Resume number two. We received a handwritten resume that detailed excellent experience for the position. However, on the second page, the applicant drew a picture of the Eye of Providence from either the Great Seal of the United States or the Freemasons, similar to this. And it's that really creepy picture of a triangle with an eye in between and some fire. At the top, he had written, I see and know all. We declined to hire him, and I never interviewed him. However, the following morning, the man showed up at our office door at 7 a.m. and said he was there to work. (laughs) He was there to work. When they contacted me, I met him briefly and told him, unfortunately, he was not selected for the position. He became verbally abusive but left the office. The following day, he showed up at 7 a.m. again, and we repeated the the previous day's events. The director of security informed him to not return to our offices. The next day, he showed up again. This time, we called the police. He was arrested. He was arrested for trespassing and making verbal threats. When the police interviewed me, I provided a copy of the man's resume and requested that they refer him for a 730 psych exam, and they did. Eventually, through the court proceedings, it was found he was a schizophrenic. It was a tragic episode. As a young man, he, in fact was a gifted programmer that succumbed to a disease that strikes many young people just as they reach maturity. It was a terrible loss to the well of technological brilliance, more than a terrible experience for us as a hiring company. Wow. Um, So that should make most of you feel better about your situations if you've been rejected or feel like you've been kind of a little bit off your rocker lately. But anyway, I found that to be incredibly entertaining and hope it cheers you up in some way or another. This concludes our 53rd episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior podcast. I'm so glad we can hop on court to answer more questions like this. And we have, you know, addressed this in the past. So if you had any other things that you felt were unanswered, feel free to send me a request on LinkedIn and let me know that you're a listener of the Career Warrior podcast and let me know what your question is and I'd be happy to answer it. All right, guys, take care and we will see you on Thursday. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. 
The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks, guys, for being true warriors, and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.